this week we're cutting the intro music and David is going to perform for the entirety. <laughs> Three, two, one. Can you do that beatboxing? Let's play the actual intro music. Hello, we're the Sticky Bun Boys. I'm Michael. And I'm David. Welcome back to the podcast. We are continuing our dive into the first ever series of the Great British Bake Off. And this week, it's Bread Week. And unlike last week, they seem to know what bread is. And the challenges make a bit more sense. Wow, everyone's a critic these days. Well, Michael, that's literally what we're here for. Let's go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, so the tent is still moving around the country, and this week we are in Sandwich in Kent. I didn't know that was the place. No, I didn't. It's kind of a perfect place, isn't it? I mean, it, it makes week. sense. There's six people left, and Mary has come dressed like a Victorian governess, hasn't she? Isn't that nice? <laughs> There's some really bad fashion in this series. <laughs> it's absolutely appalling. They do have the master baker, Paul Hollywood. Paul Hollywood, who is a lot nicer in this, but a lot more luminous, I would say, as well. Like, he's kind of... His tan has not reached mahogany yet. We're kind of at, like... A yew tree, perhaps. Yeah, and he's definitely using a bit too much hair gel. Yeah, but in recent series, the judges, their makeup has been getting yellower and yellower. Have you noticed this? Yeah, and it's the same. They've got proper makeup artists like, there the whole time. makeup artists who are doing a really bad job. <laughs> like, they don't... Like, it looks... Their faces are a different colour from the rest of their bodies. Wasn't there one time, though, where Channel 4... I don't know if they changed it for the US, but Channel 4 in the UK had a problem with some... There was a fire in one of their studios, and all the colours went off. Because they didn't have Sorry, people to mix it. all the colours went off. Well, because they didn't have people to mix it properly with the TV or so something. So there's one building in London where everything's in black and white now. You walk in and all <laughs> no. the colour is drained. No. So it turns saturation right down. I guess it was the people doing it, mixing it. You know, I'm good with tech, This Michael. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> there was definitely one week where everything was off and then I looked it up and it was like, oh, there's something wrong with some technical thing because there was a fire. Maybe we should just move on. Should we move okay, on? Let's we'll go. move on. Let's move on to bread week. They said the signature challenge was make bread. Um, signature bread. Signature bread, three and a half hours. But just after they've said that, like Paul kind of explains why making bread is hard and what you have to do to make bread work, essentially. And it was a quite nice seeing that like he knows what he's doing and also explaining to the audience kind of what the bakers are trying to control in this challenge. Yeah, I think in recent series, people have forgotten that Paul actually can bake because he doesn't yeah. seem to give those kind of insights as much. Yeah, Mary said it was very manly to make bread, which is an interesting thing. Do you think it's manly to make bread? No, I don't think it is at all. Do you think it's womanly to make bread? No, I think she's just posh and she's just, annoying. It, that, that annoyed me yeah. a bit. I mean, yes, it was in the past and stuff like that, but like, surely we've moved on from there. Surely we've moved on. Anyway, the bakes, we actually learned what everyone was doing this week. So David was making a chilli bread. And then Paul said that chilli is notorious for like destroying yeast. Is that true? I don't think that's true. There's certain things like 
cinnamon is, because cinnamon's an antifungal, so it goes against yeast. Chili? I mean, someone in the room made a very famous chili bread. What would you have to say about it, Michael? Well, I've always used chili in bread and it's always worked. Yeah, I've honestly, I've put it in like chili cheese bread. Yeah. And never, it's actually been a very, very bouncy bread. I so. used fresh and fresh and as i got distracted by you saying bouncy there wasn't expecting that word to come up your mouth but i use fresh and dried and it's worked both times yeah i think that was bullshit so maybe chili isn't an anti-fungal anti-fungal <laughs> chili is not a fungal <laughs> um, david used a bin lighter to do you know they do the proving and they use those bags yeah he had a bin bag <laughs> i mean come on bake off where's the budget <laughs> Um, and also his oven turned off did you see his yeah, oven overheated and turned off he said it was because he put the steam in in the voiceover they said you've got to be careful how much water you put in an oven that's not a thing well it is in mine here mine's really? an old oven but basically if my oven thinks it's too hot it automatically turns itself off so when you put the steam in it's suddenly going to go oh god we've just like changed temperature really rapidly and okay. i'm now I need to turn off and that's-, so that's what happened and that's not great for bread. You're going to feel bad for David with that really one. Really awful. Although to be fair, like his oven just wasn't warm. So he just put his, his bread into a cold oven. So nothing really happened. <laughs> but bless Ruth was like, you can put your bread in mine. And David was like, well, that will ruin your bread. But thanks so much. And she was like, oh, will it? Yeah, str- <laughs> strangely, David kind of like he has an edge of an asshole in him. Using asshole because we had that last week. Edge of an asshole. But actually, which side would you say? (laughs) The left. (laughs) But but actually, when I'm watching it, sometimes I feel like he's a bit kind of like cold and a bit harsh. But I don't think he is. I think he's actually quite a nice guy. I think he's just quite blunt. I think he's quite competitive. Yeah, he's competitive and blunt, but not in the kind of competitive you see now. Um, So you're right. The edge of an asshole. Well, that's it. On the cusp, the cusp of an asshole. And competitive, but wanting to win because he's good, not because he doesn't want to destroy her bake. No, I like David a lot. To be fair. So in judging, shall we do each person's like bake through to judging? Let's just change the structure now. Why not? Uh, You're leading this <laughs> we've one. We've been doing it for 30 episodes. Why not change it now? When it came to the judges, the judges said it was a whopper, a lucky thing. Um, but it was a burst because that wasn't proved for long enough. It was underproved. Yeah, a whopper doesn't necessarily mean it's a nicely risen bread. It just means you've got a lot of dough. <laughs> sure. Okay. Miranda was making a apricot and walnut bread. And those slapping noises from that KitchenAid... They were familiar, weren't they? Yes. Hauntingly familiar. <laughs> kind of like this noise, like a... <laughs> like that. A bit wetter. Imagine that being wetter. Was that a good sound, Alex? Was that a bit too loud? I didn't enjoy it. Can you make a wetter, like a slapping noise? <laughs> do you know what? That's the exact noise it was. Do that again. I don't know if I can do that again. I don't that know what was, I was doing. impressive. <laughs> that was the noise of Miranda's KitchenAid and also noise something else <laughs> miranda did say if i do do bread she doesn't make it very often if do i do do, do bread <laughs> do i do. tend to make something quite special which i think this is it's apricots and walnuts miranda it's not that special well she hey, she just loves anything with nuts in it she said and she also said it's nice to get both my hands in <laughs> like to get both your hands in and nuts at the same time <laughs> both hands as many nuts as you can find <laughs> miranda <laughs> uh, in the judging we didn't really hear much apart from it needed more salt and stodgy. They said it was stodgy. She was focusing on her hands and nuts and not on her salt. <laughs> uh, Ed uh, made olive bread with cumin and fennel. Yeah, and it he just seemed to know what he was doing. He knows how to make bread, basically. It yeah. wasn't very spectacular, but if you're going to go simple with the flavours and you've got the most perfect structure, crust, crumb, etc. The fine. main problem was that it had fennel in it, which is an ingredient of hell. I love fennel. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, it's too horrible. Is well, that medicine? It is a bit medicinal. But then a lot of herby things are. Paul said it was, I mean, Paul basically got a hard on for Ed's. He, <laughs> like, he was perfect, blah, blah, blah. Perfect tension, chewy, perfect bread bake, blah, 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 blah. Jonathan, we love Jonathan. Oh my goodness, could we love Jonathan more? Sweet angel Jonathan, who's making 
anchovies, sweet paprika, and oregano bread. What's sweet paprika? That's paprika. Just because oh, otherwise, it's just paprika. yeah, because because paprika just means pepper. Oh, paprika. Yeah, it's paprika actually, not paprika. Oh, that's mortifying. I like how you didn't even, <laughs> like how you didn't even challenge me on it. You just just said it properly <laughs> just and made eye contact. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Sure. And you have it's, it just means peppers. So then a hot paprika is like chili. Then the smoked paprika. paprika, and then the sweet paprika is just paprika. Do you say chorizo or chorizo? Chorizo. Oh, that gave me a severe ick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say cumin or cumin? I say cumin. You say he's cumin. I say cumin. <laughs> I say cumin. <laughs> so Jonathan's lovely filled bread. Apparently it hasn't risen that much and he was impressed by Miranda's. He says, Miranda's risen like a beast. <laughs> oh, Miranda. Yeah, his was tight and stodgy. A few of them had stodgy, didn't they? The word stodgy came out quite a lot. Yeah, apparently he worked, quote, worked hard at it, really, because it's quite easy for it to go flat. <laughs> you gotta keep, got to keep pushing on. Sometimes you can work too hard, though, and then it, definitely, <laughs> it goes flat if you work too hard as well. I liked Jonathan because after the judging, he said, because they said basically it needed more salt, it wasn't very good. Mm. And he said, the fact that I thought about putting salt in and put too little in showed me that at least I was thinking about salt. You're not going to get any prizes for that, Jonathan. At least I thought about it and got it completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> Jazz was making, this is the one I wanted to eat the most, a focaccia with sun-dried tomatoes and rosemary topped with peppers and garlic. Ooh, lovely. Sounded Very lovely nice. and it looked quite good when she was making it, but the judges weren't impressed and their theme seemed to be, you don't know what a focaccia is, Jazz. <laughs> She just made a flatbread, really, didn't she? Because it was very close textured, like a normal loaf. It did look quite soft yeah, and nice, It was nice, quite, quite close. They said um, it needs to be wetted to release the tightness. That's <laughs> yeah. what they said there. Uh, honestly, they were going for they it this really week. They really had no idea, and they were going for it. Ruth was the final baker, and I think Ruth is... If I didn't know Ed won, spoilers, uh, I would think Ruth was going to. Yeah, like, I would she's... think it would be Ruth or Miranda at this stage. And I also think, arguably... If this series was to happen now, Ruth would win. Because, like, Ed's getting the consistently good baking edit, whereas Ruth is getting the kind of storyline. And the Bake Off producers now love a storyline. Yes. So I yeah. feel like Ruth would win now. I've only watched the episodes of it, but, like, that's what I think currently. Do you agree? I think I do agree, actually. Although this whole series, actually, I've been surprised when people have been very good one week and then out the next week. Mm. You don't seem to, that doesn't happen as much anymore. Apart from to Henry. When he was Starbaker and then went home. Yeah. And when and then when Helena won the technical challenge and went home that week. So yeah, maybe you're wrong, actually. Maybe, but, she maybe hadn't been cons- no, but she hadn't done that well the week before or anything, necessarily. Henry did So you think Helena's shit? Is that what you're saying? Helena should have gone home in week three. She should have gone home week <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> also, Helena, who made the, the exact same chocolate cake in week one of our series, and Paul was like, best cake I've ever had. He literally said it's the best chocolate cake he'd ever tasted. And then he, she made the exact same chocolate cake when she did, went back for Christmas, and he was like, mm, doesn't taste chocolatey enough. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Ruth made a maple and pecan loaf, but it was interesting because after the first prove, that was when she added her nuts. So normally I would have put it all in at once and just beaten it together and then let it rise and prove it and all that kind of nonsense. But she let it rise without the nuts and then added them in after. Is that a thing that you should be doing? I don't think so. The problem with that is... Why are you laughing about nuts, Alex? Just laughing about people putting nuts in and out. Shaking them all about. Yeah, the the, I think the thing is when you, after the first prove, you, you'd you usually knock dough back, but you don't knock it back fully. She like fully needed it. Yes, And then did. you've got to have a lot of time for it to prove again. So 
I personally wouldn't do that. I, well, there's no point. Just put the nuts in there. Same hot cross buns and stuff like that. There was a whole thing our year when lo- loads of us were making hot cross buns. It was do you add your fruits first or do you add them in during after the after the first prove? I would say always do it at the beginning because yes. it's so much of a faff to try and get them evenly distributed. Like once you're doing yes. the knocks back, yeah, exactly. And yeah. it gets too wet and sticky, and I can't be asked. And just takes a lot more time because, like you see, you have to knead for a lot longer. For Ruth, it did say that it's doubled inside and has a nice crust on it, mm. which isn't anything you really want to hear. No, you don't really want a crust on it. Not when it's doubled inside. I mean, not before it's doubled inside either, actually. <laughs> Generally, avoiding crust is what you go to the clinic for. Um, so in a new feature we're going to call Boring Bits, they then did the documentary. Um, and I wrote down what happened. Did you? I didn't watch it. No, the boring bit segment. Bread was developed 10,000 years ago. Society has changed. And sandwiches were invented by the fourth Earl of Sandwich. There you go. Wow. That's that's what they spent about 20 minutes telling us. To be honest, though, a different program. I would quite like the boring bits. I would quite like some of the history bits. Well, the sandwich bit was a bit more interesting than that. I was uh, perhaps over egg in the pudding a bit but it was like they they you know how cornish pasties were invented so that they could hold the crust and eat the yes the, eat the pastry and you would throw the crust away the sandwiches were a way of eating meat and keeping your hands clear of being greasy <laughs> what are you laughing at there dude <laughs> so we should maybe do that now we should if we want to eat our meat and not get greasy hands maybe we should just put them between some <laughs> depends bread. what you put on your meat david um but i think meat was wet at the time <laughs> Like meat was wet and greasy, and so they used bread oh. to like not get your hands to be able to eat the meat without getting greasy. Do you know what? If I lived in those times, I wouldn't go for any meat if it was greasy. I think all meat was greasy at the time. Not yet. I think I, everything was greasy at the time. I would be meatless. You're sat on my. I don't think you would. You're sat on my sofa having run, sweat, let it dry, and you haven't showered. Yes, everybody and you're complaining that meat might be a little bit greasy for you. I also had to wake up early this morning because I woke up and suddenly realised I hadn't actually watched the episode at six a.m. As <laughs> so I had to jump out of bed, watch this episode, then I ran here. Basically, you ran to a train station, then got the train. <laughs> Let's not exaggerate. Yeah, but I ran ten k, ten point six k, stopped at a bakery, picked up some brioche for us to do a taste test, and then carried on here. Uh, on the, cha- on the train. A taste test for our only flans only. Oh, so, oh yeah, sorry. That's only for only flans. That was a lovely little plug, though. Yeah, and you do want to see it because we had some good brioche. We did have some good... We got very distracted. We haven't even got to technical yet. Uh, in the technical, they had to make a cob, which you have to say carefully. 2.5 hours to do it. I feel like bread technicals, when they're like this, are so simple because the method of making bread is the same. Yeah. There is no different way of making bread. Also, there? there's a lot of sitting around to it, like for the, for the bakers, because the proving time, there's nothing else to do in that time. It's not like no. a cake where you spend a lot of the time focusing on your topping. This is I'm just filling, sitting, around, <laughs> sitting around having a cup of tea. So they all spent a lot of time trying to picture Paul's cob. Uh, what do you think Paul's cob looks like, David? I think it's quite bulbous. <laughs> oh, God. A bulbous cob. Ah. <laughs> I reckon it's slow to rise as well. <laughs> what were you picturing? <laughs> glazed? Do you think it's going to be glazed? <laughs> Michael's crying. Back to professionalism. Uh, I'm not going to think about his bulbous cob anymore. Talking about professionalism, Jonathan wanted more volume. He, he did. He really struggled. And did you see Ed's lovely pair of nubbins? Nubbins? What's a nubbin? Well, apparently oh. that's what he had on the top. Yeah, the nubbins. Lo- Do you know what? The way he did his scoring... I had to look up what a cob... I was like, what actually is a cob? 
And then I found Paul Hollywood's version on the Bake Off website, mm. and he scored it exactly like Ed. So like, with the nubbins? Yeah, with the nubbins. With the nubbins. It looked a bit like a buddy's ears. For the judging for the technical, they weren't all sat in a row on their stools like they do now. They were all at their benches. Yes. Which was yeah. weird. Um, sixth place was Lovely Jonathan. Fifth was Jazz. Fourth was David. Third was Miranda. Second was Ruth the Dark Horse. And first was Ed, who just is apparently brilliant at making bread. He's smashing, isn't it? Do you know what? With this technical... It was a fine technical. What really annoyed me is everyone obsessively tapping their bread as if that's the most mm. important thing ever that when you take your bread out, they, they all thought they'd got like the magic thing. We've got to tap it. And they showed everyone tapping it. I remember when I was like first making bread, everyone was like, when it sounds hollow, it's done. And I didn't know what hollow bread sounded like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, tapping it being like, maybe that's it. I don't know. Showstopper was a basket of rolls. They had to make 12 sweet rolls and 12 savory rolls and up to three different flavors of each. And they had six hours plus half an hour's cooling to make them. So six and a half hours. Quite a long time, that. It is a long time. It's interesting how with this one, they give time for cooling. Because yeah. when we were on, you never had to do that because there was loads of time to cool before you do the actual judging. Because you're not putting anything on top after the cooling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, but six hours does seem like a long but time. But that's up to six different doughs, so... They have enough time to do it, essentially, I think. It's kind of a reasonable amount of time. Quite a complex challenge. It is, apart from David was saying that basically he was making a different dough for every single bread. Why wouldn't you think of something where it's like, okay, I'll put different fillings, toppings, mm. but actually keep the same dough. He made a walnut and seed baton, uh, a red berry and almond bun, and then four other breads that just didn't tell us about. And in the end, apparently he did quite well. <laughs> so that was that. Did better than yesterday. I think basically he'd listened to what they said the day before, applied it, and then it was fine. Yeah, because he said he was basically saying any because they told him his bakes were underproved the day before. Mm. He was just saying, okay, anytime I'm thinking it, just prove it a bit longer, which and is good. Well done, David. Jonathan made a sticky lemon honey bun, which is my nickname for you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, he also made a cardamom and cinnamon Chelsea bun, an olive and anchovy bun, which is my anchovies. nickname for you. <laughs> olive and anchovy, <laughs> salty and fishy. <laughs> Oh no, but didn't he have apple? Did you but, say but apple? he also made sun-dried tomato and herb and walnut, apple, and Stilton? There was loads of them. That's a lot. The yeah. main problem was he kept saying cardamom. Yes. Do you know what though? I did that for a while before realizing when I one time I saw it spelled, I was like, "Oh, it's cardamom." Did someone do that thing that you did to me earlier, where they just like corrected it? In, yeah. By making eye contact and just pronouncing it. In fact, a it lot. Pro probably was you. Probably me, cardamom. Cardamom. He was struggling to knead the bread, and Paul came over and was like, "Oh, try this." You're, you're making a funny face about that. I thought just, that was quite nice. It was very nice. It just was a little bit weird. Paul like runs in, starts greasing everything, lubing everything up. and just went He needed some bread to put between that to keep his hands from getting too wet. He couldn't keep his hands off it and it was very squelchy. But it was. It, what, it was... Noise, what noise did it make, David? Oh, I've forgotten it now. <laughs> that's no, not, that that's not the noise. I've, I've lost it. It was like a... <laughs> yeah, noise. Yeah. It's gone. But... I did think it was a very nice thing that Paul did that basically helped him out. He couldn't keep his hands off. It was, I thought it was really nice and really encouraging, actually. I thought you saw a side to Paul that you don't often get to see anymore. Yep. And I really liked that um, from him. Uh, Jazz was making a mango and sultana dough. And she was also making a dough which had jelly tots in it. <laughs> and another one that had a melted Mars bar in it. Um, just Michael, because you can doesn't mean you should. Michael's face says it all. It, jelly tots, for American listeners, they're just like at just jelly sweets, like a sugar-covered jelly sweet. It's not something you put in bread. No, it's not something you put in any bakes, really. It sounded like an odd decision to do, and the judges were like, this is gross, don't do that again. But it looked nice. Yeah, I. she keeps on saying that she 
is praising herself for like thinking outside the box. It's like, you don't just walk into the kitchen and just pick anything randomly off a shelf and think you're doing well. Like he's got to have a bit of testing behind it. Yeah, like, you, you tell her. <laughs> and also she melted the Mars bar first. Why wouldn't you just like put the Mars bar in? Yeah, the Mars bar's going to melt in the oven anyway. There's no need to pre-melt. <laughs> yeah. Miranda made lemonized buns and chocolate orange buns. And I absolutely love that Mel came over and started <laughs> eating the chocolate from the bench. And then Miranda was like, oh, I genuinely needed that. And, yeah. Miranda, and then and Mel was like, well, do you have any more? And she was like, no, that's all I had. And I need this amount. Because <laughs> it was basically two chocolate. Because you, you realized it was two chocolates. And Mel was like, yeah, you don't need this one. She's like, yeah no it was the other one i didn't need like that's the one i was going to use i really loved it it was really cracking presenting work from mel and my favorite thing with mel is when you see her in a situation when she's like oh right um (laughs) (laughs) oh fucked it um apparently her buns were lovely they were good texture nice taste obviously because they're now on a village green or something most of the time there was probably just a little shop opposite the tent someone probably (laughs) just ran across and got some chocolate like when didn't they get you roses from a service station for one of the talent yes they did yeah and that wasn't them. That was my, I just decided like, oh, actually, could I have some roses, please? We could do that. We could just suddenly ask for things. And they, they drove up the road to a service station and got some, which he then fed to Prue. Yep. Um, the Ruth made chocolate orange panettone, which is a good idea. Considering they had a lot of time, that's a good shout, I think. And also cranberry bagels. But she said with the bagels, she has struggled with her whole technique. Yeah, she said the hole needs to be a lot bigger than you think it needs to mm, be. And you just need to use one finger, though. She <laughs> said. One finger. She was very vigorous with that picture. <laughs> She <laughs> needs to be more gentle, didn't she, to be she fair? Gave, I mean, it was, I was quite flustered. She gave a very good demonstration. <laughs> and she looked down the barrel of the camera into your soul. <laughs> into my hole. Oh. <laughs> I'd say you say the panettone, quite a good idea, but it wasn't really, again, with the kind of focaccia, it wasn't really panettone that she made. No, but like it could have been in the time. Yeah, it could have been, yeah. But it wasn't. Ed, we didn't find out what he was making because apparently this wasn't time. So glad I didn't write anything down. I was like, how have I not got anything written down for Ed? They just didn't tell us. No, just didn't tell us. Huh. Well, I think they said something about Rocket. He was using Rocket and apparently it was nice. They did love it though. They loved all of it. They loved, loved whatever it was. We just yeah. weren't told. And at the end, sadly, probably correctly, the lovely, lovely Jonathan had to go home. Did you agree? He's the bottom of the week. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely was. There was no top. Again, no tops or bottoms. It's not a very versatile tent this year, is it? (laughs) And then there were five. Next week is the quarterfinal. There's no beating around the bush this season, is there? Oh, David, do you like to beat around bushes? No, it's actually not for me, but I am not going to judge anyone for what they get up to under the cover of darkness. I think the point of people beating around bushes is that there is no cover at all, really. But we do digress. Shall we share this week's taste test? Yes, this week, this one comes from Brianna from New York, who has stipulated that we should use her accent. Nice you put this in the script for me, Michael. <laughs> well, <Okay>. okay. <laughs> Brianna loves ranch dressing on absolutely everything. It's great on spaghetti, eggs, tacos, the list goes on. The only exception is salad, apparently. <laughs> I feel like it's becoming a running theme that I don't know what these things are. What is ranch dressing when it's at home? It's just a creamy dressing. Well, you know the drill. Is Brianna safe or should she be sent directly to jail? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Are your buns drying out? I beg your pardon? I mean, could your buns be kept stickier? The eternal question. I suppose the answer is yes. Well, I'm here to help. I thought you were married. Behave. If you'd like extra helpings of Sticky Bun Boys each and every week, all you have to do is join our OnlyFans. Each week, you get an ad-free version of our podcast, as well as bonus bits, including recipes and access to our own little community of soggy bottoms. And all it costs is the price of a coffee each month. Check us out at patreon.com forward stroke Sticky Bun Boys! Exclamation mark. Okay, so ranch dressing is just a creamy salad dressing. I like salad cream on everything. Yeah, and is I, salad cream the same as salad dressing? Salad cream, or does salad cream thicker. after it's got dressed? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, salad cream's a bit thicker. Ranch dressing's a bit thinner and slacker. So I feel like I would allow it on eggs and tacos, but probably not on spaghetti. Yeah, I guess the controversy seems to be why wouldn't you put it on the salad? Because it does go on everything. Let's put Brianna in jail. I think actually, <laughs> I was going to say not, but I'll join you in jail, Brianna, for some ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> right here we go for some questions. So this one, first one is from Nina. Hello, stickiest of boys. Now, we all know your season was the greatest ever Bake Off series. Correct. I know, I know. But my question to each of you is, which of the other 12 series... Has it only been 12? We oh, no, forget 13. how many there have been oh. every year. Yeah. Uh, which of the other 12 series would you have liked to have competed in and where would you have placed in that season? Well, having watched the season one, I feel like I'd have done great. <laughs> yeah. But it depends what it was because I'd have also been like three years old at a time. I think... 
sorry, Nina, I'm deciding the rules now. It's you, your age, you competed in the 10, but you get to be placed into a different series. Right, then series one, because I would have won. (laughs) (laughs) But then would you have got much praise? Because no one knew what that programme was. It was was a backward programme on BBC Two. She's not asking about the praise. She's asking about whether we would have won or not. Oh, for where you compete, yeah, when you But actually, would I have liked to have competed in... Like, I genuinely love our season because of the people that were in it. So I think I would have enjoyed the year that Sophie Faldo won. I think I'd have enjoyed that year, which had, like, Tom Hetherington and, like, Liam Charles and that gang and Jan. Like, that year, I think I loved the people in that. But for me, I would probably choose the series based on the people that were in it. Yeah, I really liked the year... Oh no, I was going to say the one that was Tamal was in it, but I'd have been distracted. I'd have been out in week Tamal. one. Yeah. And wasn't Matt in that one? Matt, no, Richard. Not Richard, because Richard was in the one where Nancy won. Nancy <laughs> Burst. We, wow. we have very clearly not watched any of these series. Our bake-off knowledge. I actually have, but I just forget things. There's a new one coming around each year. Yeah, I think I think I stand by my decision. Where would you have come in that year, though? Actually, I would have done the Nancy year, and I would have probably gone out in week three, because that was a ridiculously strong year. What did they do in week three? Oh, bread. Sure. Bread week. Let's move on to Margie. So Margie says, hello, David and Michael. I listened to the podcast from the start and have enjoyed getting to know you more as people. I rewatched an episode of your season recently, and now I see you as very different people. You've mentioned before, but Bake Off definitely portray you in a certain way, and both of you are way more naughty and sassy in real life. Basically, mm. Bake Off portrayed you as boring, is what yes, happened. <laughs> they did, and they portrayed you as a little bit on edge. A little, bit, a little bit on edge because they're, they're actually a lot on edge <laughs> but you're not that much on edge in real like they made you look like you're you're flappy you're not actually that flappy you no. have anxiety but you're not actually that flappy you control things very well uh, too much some would say anyway um on to my question <laughs> out of all the bakers who have ever been on bake-off you can pick two bakers to work together to bake and decorate your next birthday cake who do you choose easy Ooh. easy benjamina a boy he makes the cake and henry decorates it with rhubarb. <laughs> with rhubarb. <laughs> he decorates everything with rhubarb. <laughs> or Selassie would make would would decorate it. Ooh. But Benjamina has to be there because her bakes are fail safe. Apart from that rhubarb one that I tried and it was horrible. Sorry, I... Benjamina. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it didn't taste very much. No, we didn't like that. Um I would choose Tamal for baking the cake, mainly because of flavour, because anyone can bake a cake. Oh, he's brilliant with flavours. I love the flavours. Mm. And then I would pick you to decorate it. Because what we would do is we'd just let Tamal bake the cake and then we would just chat and have coffee and things. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Also, good drag queen name, Margie Reen. <laughs> First name Margie, yes. second name Reen. Margie Reen? That is brilliant. You can have that, Margie. Because he's because Michael's got loads more. Uh, oh, she also said, P.S., I'd pick the two of you because I think you'd have a lot of fun doing it. We, we wouldn't, you wouldn't would. get a cake, you wouldn't get a cake. <laughs> We'd pop down and get you a call on the caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Right, this next one. Actually, this is from my friends, so I'm not even going to name drop them because then it just gives them... You don't want to give them any support or publicity. No, no, no not sure. at all. And they've given us this question. <laughs> um, they said that we all know that Bake Off can get a bit flirty and dirty with their innuendos. So they have found their top four favourites and they want to see if Michael, you, because I'm reading the questions, can guess what they're actually referring to. Oh my God, I, made, I love this game. So this is a quote from Paul saying, you want something quite rigid, but something that will taste good too. Oh, uh, biscuit sculpture. No, he was talking about Tamal's cock. <laughs> We're not keeping that in, Alex. We absolutely are. (laughs) He was talking about biscuits. I should prepare what I'm going to say more in my head before just saying what comes into my head. We put this into the public, David. Tamal, you're not allowed to listen to this. I got it right. It's too late now. I got it. Oh, you did get it right. I'm going to text him. He lives just down the road. I'm going to text him and tell him to want to listen. (sighs) Right, next one. I got that correct. You did get that correct, actually. Yeah, one out of four. 
ting. Okay, next one. Typically, I do it on the floor because it gets so stiff. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> Typically, I do it on the floor because it gets so stiff. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't think. Who said that? Honestly, it doesn't even make sense. It's someone called Enwizor, whoever that is. <laughs> I don't do that. It must be a very early season. And they were talking about needing gingerbread. Why would they ginger? I was going to say beating some meringue or something. Why would you I love need this a- segment, by the way. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. If anyone has gets some really good quotes, send them in and see if we can guess. Brilliant. And whichever is gets to the inbox first gets to read them because obviously we get the answers. Yeah. Okay. This one, the crimp is critical to stop any leakage from the meat. Oh, this is definitely a Cornish pasty. Yeah. It's Paul talking about pasties. You definitely want leakage from the meat. Maybe afterwards. That's what the Earl of Sandwich invented bread for. No, it didn't invent bread. Invented sandwiches for. Okay, now see if you can guess who said this one. Bear in mind, my wife says I always leave it in for an extra 10 minutes. (laughs) Oh, this is recent. Wasn't this recent? (laughs) If you leave it for an extra 10 minutes, it's just going to go soft. Yeah, people... No, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Oh, was it Kevin? It was Firefighter Matt. It's not that recent. Matt Riley. Mm. Oh dear. (laughs) We're running with him on Sunday. It's a marathon. Yes, it is. He's got quite long legs, so I think he'll be faster than us. He hasn't been able to do much training, though, because he's been very, very busy. So hopefully he's very slow. That'll make me feel better. And that's your lot for this week. Thank you for listening. Although I do wonder how many people actually listen to these outro bits. You better still be listening, because I have to write them every week. Well, there's no point complaining, Michael, because no one's listening to this now. Well, that's very good, isn't it? Well, if you are still with us, thank you. If you'd like to see and hear more of us, you can find loads of extra content at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bum boys. And please do keep sending in your stories, questions and thoughts to stickybunboys at gmail.com or on our socials at stickybunboys. Right, I reckon we've only got a couple of people still listening at this point, Michael. Maybe we should get them to do a code to prove they're still there. Ooh, good idea. Let's set a code word for people to comment on our Instagram post with. What about sticky lemon honey burn? <laughs> That's good, right? Yeah, let's go with that. As long as I get to do the next one. Sure, we really should probably go now. Agreed. I'd have switched off ages ago. Bye then. Bye. Sticky lemon honey burn. What's the next words? I'm just dancing. Where did our love go? Ooh, dish And David Brent has joined us for the podcast. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.